Welcome to Noclip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rethermans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Shadows Over Loathing, uh, a game that was developed and published by Asymmetric Publications and was released in 2022 on Windows and Mac OS. But first, if you can give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, so, one, I'm actually kind of surprised that this game's only on PC right now. Mm-hmm. I guess it did just come out, uh, it just, a uh, a few scant months ago. Uh, but I felt like West of Loathing, even though we played it on PC, felt very much at home on home console as well. So, uh, I imagine this will probably go to consoles, potentially by the time you're listening to this. I might be wrong, but I think West of Loathing only ever came to Switch. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so, and I know I read that this has plans to come to Switch, so. (laughs) So it definitely will be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Shadows of Loathing is a uh, turn-based RPG, uh, with sort of an adventure game sort of jive to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got elements of, like, the quest structure and stuff. Uh, a lot of it comes down to that. Yeah, and you could call it a comedy game. You could call it a comedy game. Uh, don't call it a comeback, though. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> right out. <laughs> Not allowed. Uh, this game, though... Is interesting because it is a, a follow up to West of Loathing, which I just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, which in itself was a spiritual successor to a game called Kingdom of Loathing, which, as far as I know, is still playable online in browser. Yeah, yeah. The um, the splash screen you get at the end of the game that says "Thanks for playing" mm-hmm. says that you can go play it. So, unless they're lying to you, or if it shut down <laughs> in the last two months, yeah then you could probably still go play it. Uh, And all of these games have certain things in common, uh, but there are pretty vast differences between them. Uh, The biggest one obviously being that Kingdom of Loathing is an MMORPG, and both West and Shadows are uh, like linear, it's single-player RPGs. Linear is maybe the worst term I can use here. (laughs) It's linear in a sense, (laughs) It's not as open as an MMO, yeah. but it is more open than a traditional game that yeah. a rational person would describe as linear. It has like a regular RPG structure. Yeah. So I made the mistake of listening to the West of Loathing mm-hmm. episode uh, that we did before coming in here. Uh, and it has colored my experience with this game mm-hmm. in comparison to the previous one. And I don't know if I want to talk about that right now. I led into it with all that great information that uh-huh. does make it seem like I'm going to talk about it. And I probably will. Mm-hmm. But I want to get it out up front that I think this game is fantastic. Uh, I think that it, it does a lot of the same stuff that West did correctly, just as good or better sometimes a little bit worse uh and a lot of and just most of the elements of it are really well done and the writing in specific is fantastic so there are a lot of good reasons to play this game but i would struggle to tell you that there are good reasons to play this game over playing west of loathing Mm -hmm. yeah i i re-listened to like the beginning like maybe 15 minutes of that episode and was like Man, 
how far we've come. <laughs> I, like, we sound so low energy, like yeah. we're all sick. <laughs> I mean, I get that. I get that experience every time I listen to any episode on like a rolling fifty mm. episode, uh, sort of like block for me it's certain episodes i just feel mm. like we're like something's off like we must be tired or yeah. something. <laughs> um but anyway yeah so uh no but even still like i found it hard not to just keep comparing this to west of loathing while playing mm-hmm. um yeah i i don't know i don't want to get too much into it yet sure i i think um your instinct to not just <laughs> make a bunch of comparisons up front is a good one yeah it, it, it would. I think it would. It would. It would focus us in in a place that I don't really want to be. So I, right. I want to talk about shadows over loathing specifically and what it is and what it does, um, and not make the comparison, even though it's going to be kind of hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in shadows over loathing, you go from it's it's structured in like a chapter format. There's five chapters and an epilogue. And you go through, and, and really your objective is just to go place to place and pick up cursed objects and bring them back to an antique store. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very simple setup, and it repeats every day. So there isn't really anything new in terms of, like, you're never setting out to do something from the beginning that is different than what you did the day before. The variety in the game comes from the fact that there's a million different random things that can happen to you at any given time and about a hundred side quests on every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not true. That's an exaggeration, but it's a lot. There's a bunch of side quests on every day and it is going to be how you spend most of your time. Yeah, it's a very about the journey and not the destination kind of game. Yeah. Even the destination is kind of a journey in and of itself. <laughs> sure. Uh, so there's a lot that, that goes on. Uh, one of the things that did come back, and I'm not, this isn't a comparison, just a qualitative, a, a, yes, a quantitative fact is uh, the random encounter thing. So anytime that you travel between areas, uh, you will have a random encounter, which could be anything from a brief conversation to a quick pickup of an item to combat encounters, item acquisitions, or even bigger events. I got cursed at one point, (laughs) which was pretty cool. Uh, And this is like, (laughs) these random encounters derail you in such a massive way that I, it it made it feel like I wasn't even really choosing what I was doing at any given time and was more just following the <laughs> the rolls of the dice. Because, like, I never denied a random encounter. Mm-hmm. I just always went along with it. Yeah, I, I found them to be kind of annoying <laughs> at, at, after a certain point. Um, I don't remember if West of Loathing worked the same way. But, like, it felt like when I wanted that sort of thing, I would choose the wander option on mm. the menu or on the map screen. And that, I found, usually just leads you to, like, a combat encounter or, like, a a random pickup or, like, something small. Mm -hmm. And, like, discovering new locations seemed like it happens so much more often when you're trying to go somewhere else. Um, And that always always gave me that moment of, like, ugh. Like, (laughs) I want to go to the new place because that's fun and exciting. 
But if I don't go to do what I was doing right now, I might never go back and do it. Because <laughs> this is that kind of game where it might just completely slip your mind. Yeah. And you'll just go off and do like 18 other different things instead of the thing that you were doing. Yeah. So I feel like it should be reversed. Like, I feel like wandering should like lead to discovering new locations more than traveling. Right. So my understanding of it is that it is exactly the same. I think that they just weight the discovering of new locations to occur more often early. Mm. And so early on, you're always going from points of interest, which means that you're always going to get sidetracked to a new location. Uh, and then if you wonder if like later on, you're like, I'll wonder and see what's happening. Most likely you've discovered all the locations, I guess. And then end up getting, finding like smaller things or combat encounters. I just know like either earlier today or yesterday I was playing, I was at a location and I wanted to wander and I tried it like six to eight times didn't find a new location and then just went to go do something else and immediately found found a new location. It felt like it always worked like that, but maybe I just got unlucky. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't say this is, that is my instinct from the way that the game played out to me, Mm -hmm. but I use the wander button like maybe five times Mm. through the whole game. For the most part, I was just going from location to location because there's just enough things in the game that keep you moving. Yeah. That I never really found it super necessary. I used to wander mostly at the very end of the game because I needed to grind up a thousand dollars. And so I started just wandering and then I found a new location while wandering, which then got me enough meat to then go do the thing I was doing. Right. So yeah, my experience was that that instance of me wandering and finding a new location was the only time in the game that that happened. So a bit of a point in your column there, I think. Yeah. Like that's evidence potentially, uh, but I don't I don't really know how it works. So how did you feel about the setup of the game? I think not like installing the game and <laughs> and clicking on an icon. Uh, what I mean is the. The idea that this is, whereas Kingdom of Loathing is fantasy, West of Loathing is a Western, this game is set up to be a specifically Lovecraftian uh, seaside town horror adventure. Mm-hmm. How did you feel it approached that in the in our like intro? Did you feel, feel drawn in by the beginning of this game? Uh, yeah, I liked the beginning. Uh, it seems like it might be a strength of the developer. Um you know, writing seems to obviously be a strong suit. And yeah. I, I found um, that the beginning definitely hooked me. Like, it's it's funny right off the bat with, like, the magazine stuck to your face mm-hmm. to hide what you look like. And um, the, um, the getting gas for the bus little quest uh, felt like, not like a vertical slice, but, like, kind of like it gave you a taste of what to expect where it's, like, subversive and doesn't work the way you think it's going to. Like, none of the gas pumps work. Right. You know, you had to get gas from other places that are silly. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it did a good job of, like, pulling you in. Yeah. I mean, I partially asked the question because I played this game when it came out, and then I finished this game last week. Right. So there was a pretty big gap in between uh, the first couple of chapters and when I actually finished it because I didn't want to have to be constantly recalling stuff when right. we actually recorded the episode. Um, and this obviously being the first episode <laughs> in March, as we planned. Uh-huh. Uh, 
it it was like I remember like being very drawn in by the opening. I think that mm-hmm. just like the setup of everything from the like rainy bus ride to getting to the Murray's antiques. Yeah. Uh, all of that really pulled, like made me say just like, okay, yeah, we should talk about this. If for no other reason that I want to spend like a very long time on this game. Yeah. And I think actually like a pretty good bit of horror writing in there where it's like you meet the girl, mm-hmm. um, outside of the like barn or farmhouse or whatever it is like by the cornfield yeah and then when you come back through she's gone and like she was a ghost right like that that's like right up there at the beginning of the game where it's unexpected true so it kind of like sets the tone yeah i mean it sets the tone a little bit closer to scary stories to tell in the dark mm-hmm. than it does to hp lovecraft but then the rest of the game also kind of follows suit yep i was gonna bring this up uh <laughs> And I guess this is a good enough uh, place to do it because it came up organically. But um, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, the theming's not as strong in this. It it fe- like West of Loathing, I think, always felt like a parody of a Western, whereas this feels like more nebulous sci-fi weird fiction yeah. than it does specifically H.P. Lovecraft. Right. It feels like the setup that they went with, and potentially sort of like all of the main story beats are centered in cosmic horror, but everything else in the game is just sort of more generalized than anything else. And, like, the fucking West of Loathing had aliens and demons in it, Mm -hmm. uh, and there are references to the demons from West of Loathing in this game as well. But uh, none, like, explicitly in the game, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But this game, where horror is the actual, like, theme of the game, it tended to be more scattershot. It was all over the place and did did a bunch of different things. And sometimes I really like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my favorite side quests in this whole game, uh, barely even counts as a side quest, is you go into a house and a guy's like, you can have some spaghetti and towels, but don't look at my daughter. And you're like, what What are you talking about? And then like when the dialogue ends, she's just behind you and she just looks like Samara from The Ring. Uh, and then as you walk around, she's just always behind you. And if you turn around, it just fails the quest. Uh, very funny, extremely good. Really has nothing to do with H.P. Lovecraft at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> funny story about that quest for me is... I, I was talking to him, and I, I had an engagement ring. I might have had even more than one engagement ring. Yeah, I had It just tells you some. you can sell them. And, like, there was, like, an option to where you could show the ring to him. Oh, and I was yeah. like, I want to do that, but, like, I want to do some other dialogue options first. But the one I picked just ended the conversation. She was right behind me, and before I could even think about it, I just turned and looked at her immediately because <laughs> uh, there was something you know that caught my eye. So I just turned to it instinctively, and it immediately failed the quest. And I was like, "Whatever that Will Ferrell meme, <laughs> like that escalated quickly." Oh, I was yeah. like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really as far as I can tell. And I'm glad that you had an even worse yeah, uh, time it, of it. It felt like it happened so naturally that it was like almost intentional that that would happen to like a decent percentage of players. Yeah. Like they would just look at her instantly. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, 
There's no way to go anywhere without looking at it. You have to turn around eventually. Yeah, once you get to the right side of the house, you're fucked. I couldn't interact with anything. I wasn't thinking as clearly as maybe I could have. And that kind of adds... Nothing in this game is, like, outright scary. Mm -hmm. But that kind of a situation where they put a mechanical impetus, you're like, maybe I could get an item or something if I do well enough at not looking at her, makes it, like, tense, which yeah. is a, a, a an emotion nearby horror, adjacent to horror. So, yeah, that's why that always stands out to me, is, like, that. that's a really cool bit. And there's tons of these in the game, like, very cool little things that can happen, uh, but very few of them are really, like, a cosmic horror Mm -hmm. related thing it's a famously hard to write <laughs> genre so i don't blame them yeah uh but there's only like a few things that i think they felt confident enough to go for yeah i felt like they didn't try most of the time yeah like you like you go to like a lake and a swamp and like there's a big chunk of the middle of the game that you can just kind of forget <laughs> that it wants to have anything to do with hp lovecraft at all right which is fine. People generally should distance themselves from it. Sure, sure. <laughs> but then there are other like very specific references. So mm -hmm. it is. It's kind of like got its hand in a few different whatever jars. Yeah, a couple of jars, <laughs> two, three pots. Yeah, a bush, a bird. Uh, busy hands. Yep. What I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so, but that that's the, I guess, like, there's a plus and a minus to that. The The positive is, the game picks its battles, as far as, like, when it wants to approach its tone, and it wins those battles because it picks them. There's a lot of very funny dialogue in this game. That is predominantly what the game is. Uh, and there are a few moments where the influence really shines through. Uh so that's like the thing that drew me into the game. Like that's why, I mean, it's not why I bought it. <laughs> if they said the supermarket of loathing, I would have been like, I'm, I'm buying it yeah, day one. It's just an extra big bonus. Right. Because you like cosmic horror. Correct. Yeah. So there's, there is a, there's a bit of a disappointment for me as the game went on. And then uh, I mostly evened out on it. Mm -hmm. Do we want to, Take a break. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to talk more like mechanics or do you want to talk more writing and scenarios? Uh, we can talk about mechanics. That's that's fine. If that isn't how you want to divide no, the it's thing. Fine. Um, I, I think one of the mechanical things that stood out to me right away is that this feels a lot more well balanced mechanically. Oh yeah. Um, like I remember there were like I like this game has those these kinds of items too, but uh, in West of Loathing, you had these, like, items, like, you had a bunch of different kinds of alcohol and, like, things like hard tech and, like, things that you could take to, like, up your stats, and yeah. they all stacked. <laughs> like, there was, like, pretty much no limits on them, as far as I remember. You had a... You had three They would go stats. away if you slept, but you didn't really need to sleep. Right. Yeah, there were three stats tied to your main stats mm -hmm. that were, I think, stomach, spleen, and liver, <laughs> and they had a number on them, and that was the number of potions or whatever potion equivalent was, mm -hmm. alcohol and food, that you could stack 
at once. Yeah. And it was always too it was, high. It was broken. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You could just like fucking steamroll a lot of stuff. And I also remember running out of meat all the time. Right. And I, neither of those things were problems in this one. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the economy is a little bit busted in both of these games. Yeah. Um, but if... <laughs> It's weird because, like, if you're looking for a more balanced RPG game, Shadows is your guy. Because it is definitely more balanced than the disaster that West of Loathing was. Both of them, though, are broken. Like, in terms of the player is going to be exceptionally strong by the early mid game <laughs> and you will have almost no trouble in combat if you are doing things like if you are actively pursuing quests and activities then you will be a high enough i mean you don't even gain levels in this game you you mm-hmm. just get perks uh and so it really doesn't like it it scales just very fast and you mm-hmm. hit a plateau really early which makes it difficult to lose combat yeah yeah i I was thinking the same thing i was like oh you don't level up in this game and then i was like well and then i was sitting making notes earlier and i was like well i mean you get experience and then you spend those experience to get abilities and that's kind of what leveling up is (laughs) more or less leveling up yeah (laughs) so like it, it is weird how like the presentation makes it feel like you don't level up like, it doesn't give you, like, a level number or anything. Right. So, yeah, I just a, found that to be interesting. <laughs> it's a very gear-based system. Uh, like, a lot of modern RPGs are, honestly. Things like Diablo and uh, even World of Warcraft at this point. The level system is there, but it's the assumption is that you're just going to hit max level pretty quick, and then... The it's everything is based on what you're wearing. Yep, a lot of RPGs are like that, and like you might not even notice. Yeah, like right away, like The Witcher Three, I know is like that. Like gear is huge, and even uh, you know spoilers for upcoming things. Uh, God of War. <laughs> also, spoilers for uh, us. We are spoiling ourselves by <laughs> saying this, but also. Uh, later Dark Souls games, the gear that you have specifically mm, in you weapons. Don't, you don't level it up. Yeah, and, and weapons are just way better. Like, a higher weapon level is way more important than your actual attribute level. Right. Uh, it, it is just, like, sort of the new thing uh, that your individual level doesn't matter it's as much. It's probably easier to design for that, would be my guess. But And it probably is easier to scale upward into infinity for games that are like that. Yeah. Uh, this game isn't though. This game really doesn't. There's no scaling upward into infinity, despite how horrifying that would be and unknowable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing I was curious um, what you thought about um, is there's a lot of puzzles or like scenarios in this game where like what the challenge is is that you need to just like raise different stats yeah to be able to like pass a skill check or whatever it's like do you think that's like fun or interesting uh because it it feels like an interesting challenge in the beginning Uh um when you're not like you're more when you're lower leveled and you're like more like i don't want to like lower my moxie or whatever your main stat is each to pump up something else you know just in case 
Uh, so it can feel kind of like a like a decision or a risk reward thing at the beginning, but then it just kind of becomes, I think, an annoyance. The further you go, like if you can't just get the stats by putting armor on, and you have to like eat and drink different stuff. It can be like a yeah, this is too much hassle. Yeah, I think I actually have kind of an elaborate theory about this. In that, and by theory, I mean I'm reasonably certain I'm just right here. This feels <laughs> like a holdover from West of Loathing. But because in West of Loathing, your stats could get so much higher, um, that the stat challenges in that game were more of a reward for specializing. Yeah. Whereas you can pretty much meet any challenge in this game just by eating shit and putting clothes on. Because it's never going to get higher than, like, I think... Literally the highest number I'd ever seen in this game on a stat check is 12. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, in West of Loathing, you could, there's like things that require you to have 30 strength to do anything. <laughs> so, right. uh, so that was like, I think that they ported the system over, but because the numbers were lower, it was harder to uh, reward for specializing and it was more uh, just there. And I think that they offer you specifically things that are for your traits and class stuff uh, and issue all of the other things. Like, I would occasionally get muscle and mysticality checks, but every random encounter I ran into was always a moxie check. Mm -hmm. And I, I think with one exception, always passed it on my first go around. So it was interesting to to see those come back because they did become just they're the the blade things in Xenoblade 2, where you just have to stop what you're doing, change all your clothes, oh, yeah. do the thing, and then put all of your old stuff back on. The and affinity it got, quests. Yeah, and it got very not fun. Yeah, grinding. Pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just stood out to me. Uh, and I, I don't think, even though like it was more like of a spectacle thing, or like a... You know, you can make your fucking strength 40 or right. whatever. Um, I, I still think I didn't really like it in West of Loathing either. No, I just think it served more of a purpose. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was like if you specialized in a particular thing, you could get around an obstacle that a different player couldn't. Right, but it's like a player psychology thing that people are just going to go back and like sleep and then pump up the other stat like they aren't people aren't just going to like lean into their character and only do the strength checks right you're gonna try and do everything yeah and that kind of makes it not work in my opinion <laughs> and that was the other problem in west of loathing because you could do that yeah like it was almost impossible to to create a stat check so high that any class couldn't clear it yeah so uh yeah i was a little sad about that um, here's the thing I already know the answer to. Hey, what, <laughs> what, uh, class did you play? Uh, so I don't remember the name of it specifically, but the jazz one. The jazz agent. Agent. Yeah. There you go. Um, I played a cow puncher in West of Loathing, so I didn't want to do the same kind of class again. So right. I went with the, the jazz, the jazz, I forgot it already. Agent. agent. Jazz agent. Um, because the theming is fun. Like, you yeah. know, like being a jazz musician is cool. And I did try to like stick to that and like only use instruments as weapons um, as much as I could. I did use like a gun and a sickle for a little bit. Right. But um, 
Yeah, use the bugle you get early on for like a long time. Um, yeah, that was me with the uh, the throwing symbol. Uh, no. Spoilers, by the way, I also played the jazz agent. And I also played the snake oiler in the first game. So I've only really played Moxie in yeah. these games. Um, yeah, never did the wizard class. I don't even remember what it is in this one. Me neither. I remember the bean wizard, <laughs> yeah. but I don't remember what the actual And they reference that is. in this. They do. You do need to, from, what was his name, Rufus at the college. Oh. He's the one who gives you the whistle to, like dispel the bean magic i'm mad now because i don't i didn't remember that happening Uh, because i played it before Mm. and i never dispelled the bean magic in the last chapter yeah you just have to go back and talk to him as far as i know there's no hints that he's the guy that (laughs) will have it um you're supposed to remember that that's him (laughs) yeah but um that's i mean that's just this game yeah like i'm sure i missed like a third of the content easy um, but yeah, so yeah, I, de- I played the jazz agent and I liked it. Um, it, it felt like not too much different, but like then playing like a, a melee class in the first one. But like, I did like the focus on like upping your stats and stuff. Um, like the, what was it? Acts of war or <laughs> the sacks of war. Sacks I mean. of violence. Sacks of vi- Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, the flute one and the jazz hands and all that good stuff. Yeah, I feel like, so, we talked about, I'm gonna bring up Xenoblade again, I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, we talked about Xenoblade 3 and how there's a class that I really like, but the game made bad by just the virtue of how it was made. Uh, and it's a class that focuses specifically on debuffs. Mm. Uh, I want, I think the idea for the jazz agent was that they wanted you to put a bunch of status effects on people and focus on damage over time and healing over time and just sort of a general war of attrition. Yeah. That's how it's described to you. Yeah. And that is very appealing to me, but in the end I would just win on turn one, every single (laughs) time like combat without fail. I think the final boss took me two turns of combat to win. <laughs> so it was, it, it really quickly <laughs> slid into a, basically a turn-based tactics game that was really easy. <laughs> Did you have an attack that could hit multiple people? No. Oh, okay. Well, other than sacks of violence. Right, okay. I just had, like nine ap or something right as it went on and then you would just smash everybody with pianos and stuff yeah and then the one last attack that i did would always deal like 60 to 70 damage so i could just kill any one person uh and that's i don't know i mean it doesn't suck in the terms of like it's not like it made me not like the game. Mm-hmm. It sucks to me as me because I was I was missing the what I wanted there to be like a potential. Yeah, there. No, I, I don't disagree. Like I think for me it ended up just being casting buffs mostly, and like I didn't really use the like uh, debuffs on the enemies like half as much. Right. Yeah. Like the was it like the marimba. <laughs> And the dropping the piano and like there was like an orchestra thing and blah blah blah. Yeah, or- orchestra strike. Yeah, sacks of violence, and then it, there was an offhand item that you get pretty early 
that's a pen yeah that deals like muscle but it it also does bleed damage and so i was always just trying to set up a situation where everyone would die from bleed mm. or be dead already by the end of my turn <laughs> yeah i had i you, i had molly with me most of the game as like my my partner or whatever mm. and she had like a switchblade that would give everything bleed which was pretty good yeah yeah the <laughs> there's familiars in this game mm, yeah and it, it's weird uh because <laughs> they 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 start you with one that's called ren who just like buffs your stats it's like a random stat every turn yeah um who, who feels useless to me it feels like the the worst one um which is fine i guess yeah, for it, the starting it one. wants you to find one that let you like to replace it yeah, and I used a bunch of different ones over the course of the game, but or at, at the beginning of the game, and then I found the stink bug, mm. which just did AOE damage, and I said, okay, that helps bring the total amount down that I need, and then I finally found one that did bleed in the last area mm. and used it for the rest of I the game. I never found a stink bug. Stinky the stink bug. Mm. <laughs> Good dude. I used uh, the mosquito pretty much the whole game, because oh, yeah. he healed you. Uh, which seemed pretty good, and I named him Maurice. <laughs> I never renamed anyone. I felt like they oh, had yeah. canonical names. <laughs> Stinky the Stink Bug will go down in history mm-hmm. as himself. The stinkiest stink bug. As the stinkiest one. <laughs> uh, and as for my partner, which has a different name in this game, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely just used Barker because I liked it. I accidentally killed him. Classic. And didn't have him. It's a very Gary the Goblin sort of thing. Yeah. I just ran into him and fought him and then found the dog bowl. And I was no. like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. My bad. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, he looks, and it, this has to be intentional, but like it, it's something I couldn't not think about while looking at him because I know... I watched you play this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he just looks like a Demogorgon from Stranger Things. Yeah, he sure does. Yeah. He, he, he's supposed to be like a flower. Yeah. So but we all know. We all well, know. So is the, the Demogorgon. has like a flower petal face. Yeah, he's got a flower motif. Yeah. Barker's literally a flower. Right. <laughs> uh, but that's fine. He's not even very good. He has like a move that reduces <laughs> enemy stats, which I'm sure would be good if they ever attacked me. Yeah. Um. But he, yeah, he just bit stuff, but I just liked having the dog around, so I used him a lot. Yeah. Uh, o- uh, Obi, the Oboe Hobo. Oh, yeah. Is the other one that I used until I got Barker. I liked him. I, I didn't have access to him because I think I hadn't found the Hobo Camp yet, that it, so I couldn't send it to him. Right. Send him to it. Um. So he just like went away <laughs> when I when I because you had to like get him to leave the what the park or wherever that is yeah uh, and so he just <laughs> whoop out of the game for me uh, lame yeah <laughs> as far as I know none of them are particularly good Molly's probably the best one yeah she wasn't bad um, she had like a baseball bat that would do. Like ten damage and minus five muscle. And she had uh, the machine gun that would only do like one hit, but it would be like randomly distributed. Okay. It would shoot like ten times or something, and would split up the damage. And then um, the switchblade. 
Right, which I assume is an unlock, because I don't yeah. think that I had it when she was in my party. Yeah, it, there's like a... Her family home is in, I think, Gray County or wherever, whatever it is. Um, and if you go there, uh, she gets it. She has like a little scene. Uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't get a scene with Barker. I feel like I may have fucked some up. <laughs> yeah, there's different little like... <laughs> Quest, not quests, but there's like little vignettes each character has. I think each character has three. If you do all three, you can like unlock like a little special ending with them, uh, which I okay. didn't know about until I beat the game. I could have gotten Molly's. Whenever you go through the teleporter thing at the end, yeah, you turn around and talk to your partner. It'll give like a little dialogue, and then you can have them do a thing, and then you unlock an achievement for getting their ending. Ah, uh, okay. Which but I almost I... booted up the game and did because I could have, but then yeah. I just didn't. Yeah, I might have had that, but Barker also doesn't speak English, so right. it would be hard for me to tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. So all these things sort of add up uh, in combat. Like you have more, you have a bunch of party members, and. Uh, by the end of the game, you've got, like, 50 different skills to choose from. And, like, items, I didn't really use any of those. I would... I think I used items, like, early on a bit. And then I used, like, one item <laughs> in the last two hours of the game at some point. I used them occasionally. Like, if there was a big group of enemies, like, sometimes I would, like, scroll through the whole list to see if I have anything that hit everybody. Right. But I mostly didn't use them. Yeah. Because you mostly don't have those kind of AoE items. Mm -hmm. A lot of single target stuff and, like, uh, debuff removal is what I found. Uh, And, man, I didn't even sell anything, really, in this game, either, because I never was out of money. Yeah, yeah, same. There was a point early on where I sold two coat hangers and then regretted it immensely. Because uh, up until that point, I hadn't needed them. And I think the description says, like, yeah, I just sell them. Oh, right. And so I did. And then I went to, like, a cave where I needed to, like, open a car. And I was like, you know, it's like, you need a wire coat hanger. I was like, fuck. <laughs> and I went around to all the shops to see if I can find who I sold it to. And it, the game doesn't work like that. They don't keep the things in uh, their inventory keep... that you sell to them. That makes sense. So I was just out two coat hangers. And I was kind of mad about that. But after that, you know, uh, I yeah, I found like I was never uh, short on meat and never sold anything again. Right? Yeah, it's it's real weird that way. Like it doesn't, uh, it, it's it doesn't like have a reason to interact with a lot of the systems that it has. But it has so many systems, mm-hmm. you almost feel bad. You're like somebody <laughs> worked on this. Like I should do these things but the game doesn't give you a lot of incentive to to engage with it in that way yeah there was one part early on like as part of a quest you needed to like pay off the mob or something to get into a building and then i had to let you know you had to go and build up like you know enough meat to to pay them or I think you can maybe fight them if you don't want to do that. Right. I think um, I worked for the mob at that point. Oh, So I don't already? think I had to do that. Okay. Or maybe if, if it was that like early. The, I feel like it was the first day. Oh, okay. Then maybe it was something else. I, it, once again, that was a long time ago for there, me. <laughs> there's probably another way around it as well, mm. and I just don't know what that was. Um, but yeah, then I had to go and like raise the, the money, and like that was really the only time that I ever had to worry about it. Yeah. I did at the very end of the game... There's a a quest where you have to 
uh, in an echo of the Ghost Town quest mm. from West of Loathing, where you had to keep going back and forth and getting a form signed, uh, you had to figure out how to get a functioning form to turn oh, yeah. in to pay your debt. Uh, and I liked this quest significantly better, but <laughs> in the end, you just have to pay the notary a thousand meat. And I had spent all of my meat on crackers, uh, <laughs> at the prison. <laughs> so I had to go farm the only time in the game yeah. when I had to go farm money. <laughs> and at one point during that, I thought I could go sell some stuff. And then I just went, just nah, yeah. <laughs> it's easier to do this, I thought. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, I, I think probably the reason that I didn't bring up the mechanics of the game almost immediately is it is, it's very, it's, it's obvious that it's not the focus of the game. Yeah. It's not why the game exists, it's not to have a good, balanced uh, RPG system. Uh, it's a delivery vehicle for jokes. And <laughs> the combat, I think, ultimately fell on the too easy for me to care that much about side. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of my preparation for everything was always just uh, take a weapon and just add all the stuff to it and then say, good enough, and roll with <laughs> that for like six hours. Yeah. Like, after the second day, I really didn't change my equipment at all either mm -hmm. like i stayed with the same weapon the same stuff uh until the last day and then i stayed with <laughs> all the same equipment and just had a different gun i kept switching things up but i didn't really need to mm. i just like i got it i was just because of this game is this game every time i got a thing i wanted to open the menu and see what it did oh yeah so i ended up yeah like switching out different things but like i got like i think it's day three or whenever you go to the swamp i think it's the third day I ended up getting a maggot hat. Oh yeah, <laughs> that like upped three different stats, and I just wore that the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, I had a, a, a the stone frat cap, mm. which is just a baseball cap yeah. that like I think it, it's by default is like plus five physical defense or something. Yeah, and I just taped it up and made it plus seven, and I said that's probably better than anything else. <laughs> I couldn't wear equipment that didn't boost my moxie. Mm. Like, I had to have everything boost my moxie. <laughs> you may have even had a higher moxie than me at the end of the game. Probably. I don't know. I think it was, like, 12. Mine was also 12. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I may have found a different cocktail ingredient or yeah. something to improve it more. I, I never know. used the cocktails. Oh. Yeah. Big mistake. Much like in the first game, I feel like I never drank alcohol either. Mm. I was like, hardtack is good enough. Uh, you're a teetotaler yeah. in, in I, loathing games. I really like the bar like side quest where you have to like, you bring back ingredients to the bar. Like I think it's inclusion. I just never really... It never felt necessary. Sure. It felt like, the, like an extra layer. Whereas like, I always had those items like to eat and drink to boost stats. That I, I don't know, I just never thought about it. I mean, that's fair. I didn't use... The way I... I liked the room setup. I liked that quests would give you a tangible reward that you could go and look at and that would do something. So, like, 
I don't know how you approached this quest because there I know there's like eight different ways to end this one, mm-hmm. but I tricked the leader of the Thin Lizzy gang out of her throne uh-huh. and took it back to my room. And so every day I would get up and like I'd go play fisticuffs with a scarecrow <laughs> and drink a soda out of a fridge and then sit in the throne and the throne gave me a moxie boost with the mm. heavies the thy hand perk. <laughs> Uh, but I like that it was like a thing that like you had a ritual. You would get up and you would interact with everything, and then part of mine was just go to the bar and mm. order a rum, cola, and bitters, uh, which is a drink that I would have in real life, <laughs> unlike the majority of the drinks that would be available to me uh, at that bar. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> so it was a very uh, it, like a quick way of like regaining the stats that you lost mm-hmm. that didn't require a bunch of inventory scrolling a la west of loathing so right. one thing that i thought was a, a good positive here yeah i got i don't remember what i did with the thin lazy quest she mm. still had her throne at the end i did not have that in my room <laughs> um i did have the colas and the s- scarecrow thing though yeah um which i did interact with um but yeah i don't i just kept forgetting the bar existed until I got an ingredient to take back to it. Did you notice that there's a, a couple at the bar? and Is it like the married couple? Yeah, and they were on a first date, a second date, a third date, a fourth date, a fifth date, and then their honeymoon. Yeah. Just all at the same table at the bar. Um, I don't... I didn't keep up with it the whole time. But like, I did notice <laughs> they were married at the end. Yeah, it's it's a funny little visual gag that yeah. I... That kept me coming back to the bar. What happened? Yeah, no, I always... Are they still like... together? Will they, won't they? <laughs> I also liked Gabby uh, dancing oh, as yeah. well. I would go in there and like look around and stuff when I would drop off uh, uh, ingredients. ingredients. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, well, speaking of funny visual gags, mm-hmm. uh, there's, I don't know, might be one on screen right now. <laughs> Odds are likely. Odds are high that there might yeah, be one. If you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and like an audio gag, we should take a break. <laughs> After the break. After the break. <laughs> oh God, that was the worst one yet. Or is it the best one yet? No. Welcome back. Uh, so we talked a bit at the end of the first half there about how unbalanced the combat is in this game. Uh, and I think that is... It's funny because it is more balanced than West of Loathing, but still feels way too easy to do anything for it to be the focus of the game. Mm-hmm. So in lieu of the combat being the focus of the game... Instead, the focus turns to the writing, the scenario design, and everything that surrounds that, characters, locations, all that. So, I wanted to get your opinion on the day-to-day, which location did you find to be the most interesting? Um, I think I liked the swamp the best. Me too. Yeah, it had like the most weird things. Like it felt like the most creative of all the locations. Yeah, and it also had my favorite, I think, 
like mega quest in the game, which uh-huh. was the the monster club. Oh yeah, with all the little kids. Uh, that one was very funny to me. Uh, it had the tree boy who was a boy, and then he became a tree. tree. Yeah. That one's great, too. Swamp Rules. Yeah, the one with the frogs. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's so good. Uh, And the worst one? Not the worst quest, the worst area. Uh, Oh, oh, at the college. Yeah, it's the college. Yeah. I'm glad that this was unanimous. Yeah, the college... Well, I think it's a great idea to put a college in a Lovecraft-themed game. Yeah. It would help to make it feel like it's not a modern college, um, but uh, it's the layout. It's it's confusing to navigate the college is the thing that sucked about it. Yeah, and like that seems like it's sort of the point, but that's a bad point. It kind of feels, make. yeah, like that's the joke almost. Mm-hmm. Like you walk in and it's got the infinite hallway and the finite hallway. Right. And then like you have to like go through the doors. Like once you know how it's laid out like once you have it memorized which i did get there eventually um it's not so bad but yeah it's very unintuitive yeah and then you look at the map it's like like it's supposed to have a layout that makes sense yeah you're like you're like what because it's now being translated into the flat 2d plan and it just doesn't work uh the way that you would want it to Mm -hmm. uh which is unfortunate (laughs) though i will ask i guess if you remember what your major and minor was oh god my my major was i think in botany or whatever the plants Uh uh-huh and then the minor was in god what was it Uh, something acoustics or um was something funny yeah i can't remember what it was (laughs) The one that was based around music. Yeah. I think I also had botany as my major and then did uh, astronomy Mm. and spiders were my minors. Uh, And spiders is a great one because Mm -hmm. it all takes place essentially in one room and it's just combat (laughs) over and over again. It's very simple to do. And then the astronomy minor... this This is why I think... You having a different minor path than I took is emphasizing that I think the college quest part is just not very good. Yeah. Because both of us did different minors and both of us still didn't like the college. Because the spiders was boring because it was just, uh, it was funny, but it was just combat. And then the, uh... The astronomy one was just looking in a telescope and then coming back and putting down what you didn't see there. It was really a big do-nothing sort of uh, quest, and the whole scenario left me bored and unentertained. Yeah, it was called Meta Acoustics. Ah, Meta Acoustics. It was my minor. Yeah, I actually forgot that you could pick different things. Oh, right. Which I think also um, speaks to, like, it not being the best designed uh, quest. (laughs) Uh, yeah. It it really does. And it's like... You get no information beforehand. You can't, like, make a a reasoned decision. You have to just kind of, like, pick what you think sounds interesting. Uh, Because it's not like any of them really indicate what you'll be doing Mm -hmm. in them. So it's not like your character build really makes you choose what to do. It's just sort of random. Yeah, it has to be unexpected so that there can be maximum jokes. Right, that is true. Uh 
I did see the spiders joke coming, though. Yeah. That study of spiders was just fighting spiders. Uh, but it's, I don't know, I guess it's still pretty good. Uh, yeah, it, and so it all it all sort of hinges on the writing. And I even feel like the writing in the college, like you mentioned, they obviously wrote it like it's a modern college. With the frat houses and... Yeah, and everything. The, there's a diner there that yeah. has a bit of a hub of information, but not that much, really. And Lovecraft colleges were all, like, the scholarly yeah. libraries and shit, and people scouring the Necronomicon or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> unfortunate that that one was there. Yeah. But that's all I really have to say about it. Uh, interesting that we both agree on, on these yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, what about the, uh, yeah, I'm doing that thing again. Every time we talk about a game like this, this is kind of a topic of conversation sure, in and sure, of itself. Yeah. Get meta. We'll, we'll take what we learned and apply to, or, uh, in meta acoustics yeah. and apply it to this conversation. <laughs> because it is a podcast. Yeah. This is sort of applying your meta acoustics minor, mm-hmm. uh, by talking about the game in a podcast. Yes. Uh, and... Whenever we talk about a game like this, there's this temptation, because we do like the game. Mm-hmm. We came off of it saying, like, we enjoyed the things about it that we enjoyed about West of Loathing a lot. And it leads you to just go and tell jokes from the game yeah. that you liked. <laughs> and... It's it's not it's not good for analysis. It makes it hard for me, as somebody who doesn't engage with a ton of comedy. I think mm-hmm. to come up with some kind of like what what makes this good. When I was given a map of a bunch of different areas and they were never a map, it was always something else. Mm-hmm. It made me laugh with my lungs and mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And it's hard for me to, like, really convey that in a sense that is, like, productive. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just, uh, the the way I would describe it is kind of similar to how, like, how we, when we talked about, uh, WarioWare. Mm. I, I think it's just really good at being unexpected. Uh, you know, like, even if there's, like, a... A feeling of like, oh, I kind of see where this one's going. It usually throws you a curveball, uh, and there's usually like references when you don't expect them. Like, um, like plenty of games like this, I think would be tempted to wake to make way more references. And this one only does them every once in a while. Um, and like, you just stumble across a place uh, on the map that's just called Melrose Place. <laughs> Like, out of nowhere. And that's really funny, because the game doesn't normally do stuff like that. Yeah. So, I I think it's just really good, really clever writing that's really good at being unexpected. True. Also, it did make, uh, it's, it's, I think the games industry as a whole is finally coming to terms with the fact that they've all been outdone, and that there's only one good game <laughs> in existence, and that's, of course, Bloodborne. Right. Uh, and this game, Bergenworth is referenced. Bergenworth is referenced, and also there's a hunter's dream yes. you can visit. Someone says, like, a good thing your bed doesn't do that in the waking world. Yeah. Like, on one of the like little interstitial bits when you go to sleep. 
there's just so much Bloodborne here. Mm-hmm. And also it's Bloodborne is referenced along with a bunch of other games that don't matter as much as Bloodborne in God of War. Yeah. There was a reference to Bloodborne in fucking uh Xenoblade Chronicles three. Was there? Yeah, there's the the there were blood starved beasts, except they were Oh they were like the localization team. Yeah, yeah. D- it was obviously loyal. They were like the potato starved beasts or some shit. Yeah. The spud starved beasts. I don't oh there you go. That's yeah. pretty funny actually. Yeah. Um, I remember I found uh, a Bloodborne reference in Hyperlight Drifter I thought was pretty cool. Like, in a cave, there was just somebody doing the make contact gesture. It was like a body that was, like, crucified or whatever. Yeah. thought that was pretty cool. I mean, Bloodborne obviously makes the most sense here because they're coming from yeah, the same... Yeah, horror. Yeah, the same source material. But I agree. It's interesting they... <laughs> the way that the writing is. Uh, there are a lot of things that I felt like probably were references that I didn't get. Oh, yeah. You can just feel that. Yeah. <laughs> there are, like, things that you, you like, anticipate a punchline and then don't receive a punchline. And it makes you go, Dude, am I just missing the punchline? Yeah. <laughs> that is, I've seen that several times in, in this game. I, that's part of the tone, I think, though, too. Like, it, the ones that you do get stand out. And sure. it gives you the sense that there's probably other things that you aren't getting. It almost kind of reminds me of, like, watching a movie as a kid or something. And, like, knowing you're not getting a lot of the jokes. Yeah. But, like, you still like it anyway. That's true. Yeah, like, it definitely has a similar, like nostalgic feeling like that to me i still feel like i don't get any of the jokes in movies (laughs) (laughs) but for different reasons they're just too stupid yeah exactly i've ascended (laughs) beyond it uh yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say necessarily about like the the writing i think uh it's good pretty much covers it (laughs) it has a lot of of charm and it did keep me playing uh, to see just essentially... It, this is one of the few games that will utterly bombard you with dialogue. Uh, in fact, I will say one of two games, <laughs> this and Disco Elysium, yeah. that will bombard you with dialogue and I will not skip any of it. Like, I'm going to read every drop of mm. content that you give me because there's always some gold in there. Yeah, and it's it's more palatable in this, I think, because the language is simpler True. than in Disco Elysium. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is a lot of reading. Uh, like, I think another thing is that the the writing is it's so layered, and like a lot of different things like crossover in ways that are like unexpected. So like, I just think that the scope is impressive too, like the amount of it and how yeah. it, it like uh, the like the way it brings the world to life. I think is impressive. Yeah, I think, and that does kind of lead into one of the comparisons to West that I want to make here. Mm-hmm. Um, in that I think that the quest structure of West of Loathing was much more interesting. There's a lot of interconnectivity between areas in West of Loathing. And Shadows is much more contained. Yeah. <laughs> it's like each level is mostly going to relate to other things within the same zone. And there are definitely exceptions to that. There are a few places where you have to leave and go somewhere else. We just talked about uh the bean wizard yeah. thing uh being a thing that you had to go back to the college to get. But it did disappoint me a little bit for the com- the, the lack of complexity. It made the whole game experience feel a lot more straightforward than west did uh but 
it did also, I think, allow the writing to be more consistent in each thing. There's a lot less having to somehow clue the player in on what they're forgetting, and a lot more just straightforward uh, paragraphs about stuff that happened. So I think it's a bit of a, a good thing and a bit of a bad thing. Uh, as far as for the longevity of the game, I'd never really had the urge to go back and clean up the quest that I didn't finish in this game, mm-hmm. whereas I did in, in West of Loathing. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel similarly. Like, the difference in the structure is something that stood out to me right away. Um, I just think, like, West of Loathing set up where it's just like, it's the new frontier. Like, you have a blank map of the wild fucking West. <laughs> uh, and it's just like a blank sheet of paper, and mm-hmm. you just, like, go around, and you just discover places. Um, which I think would have worked really well for this game. Like, it's like adventuring into the unknown. True. But, um, yeah, when they handed me the map, it was just on a cocktail napkin. And, like, there was, like, a feeling of disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, it ends up not mattering. It's just, like, it's a different structure. Yeah, it, it's, like, almost, like, uh, it's set up with, like, what, four or five different, like, hub areas. Yeah. They're, like, smaller and, like, can be more contained, as you said. Um. And I ended up not liking that structure as much, but, like, it's not that big a deal. Right. And, like, you don't really want them to do the exact same thing again. True. I think I think my biggest issue with it, and it's a small issue, mm-hmm. but it is, it's my biggest issue that I have with it, is that I think they took something that was one of the main strengths of West of Loathing and replaced it with something simpler, mm-hmm. whereas they kept stuff like the, the stat check requirement puzzles yeah that were less engaging um though i guess those are more universally applicable so it's like easy to just throw some of those in like oh here's an alternative thing if you get high moxies you can crawl through this fence or whatever mm-hmm. uh so i don't know you, you, you it's a little bit of a... <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i also like feel like one of the things i really remembered about west of loathing was like there were a couple of like major like side quests that kind of ran throughout the whole game that it felt like this game kind of lacked uh like there was like the alien menace and the uh the necromancer tower and like Mm -hmm. the cow demons and stuff (laughs) yeah the good quests that were great Uh, it felt like yeah like i i missed those yeah this one really just had like finding cocktail ingredients yeah which isn't nearly as uh I don't know, enthralling. Mm-hmm. I, I I gave up on it almost immediately. I only just, like, picked them up when I saw them. Yeah. Uh, I never, like, went to the guy to ask where oh, things no. were and Me figure out the clues. I actually didn't remember you could even do that. Oh, yeah. There's a guy, you can buy him a beer and he'll give you a uh, Oh, yeah. where another ingredient is. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. There's yeah, also I just hobo picked them up code? when I found them. Yeah, I actually really like the hobo code thing. Yeah. I think, like, giving you, like, the hobo camp and, like, sending NPCs to it, um, and then, like, the number of them that you send, like, increases your hobo code knowledge, and you can get these little hints. Right. Or, like, other little fun things in the world. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it was good. It, it got, it got hint, you got hints, you got straight up just, like, stuff for yeah, doing it like look behind this thing mm-hmm. to get 400 meat or whatever <laughs> one of my favorites was uh, a bit where 
you just said, ask this lady for a treat. Uh, and the, the hobo code requirement was off the fucking scale. <laughs> so I kept coming back over and over again. I was like, what is this? 17? No, I'm not at 17 yet. I'm at like 14. And I kept finding more people up in the ranks. And then I finally get it. And the reward was like a, like a breath mint or something. <laughs> I was like, that paid off pretty much as I should have thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked I liked the overarching stuff that was in the game. Mm-hmm. I do just wish there was, it was more involved, I guess. Yeah. Also, I feel like um, the last area, I can't remember what it was called. Government Valley. Yeah, Government Valley. How did I forget that? <laughs> um, the, the, the prison... The jail uh-huh. feels really tacked in there. It sure it's like does. The whole area is just like little combat zones um, where... It, no, it wasn't? Well, I mean, each screen that you could go to, there were like the phones. And then there were like enemies there that you could fight. Like, that's all it was. Okay, I got confused. And then there were like three... Uh, the three tower things that you had yeah. to destroy, and then the prison. The prison that's just yeah. there. It just felt like they were like a quest that they had designed and didn't know where to put it. Right, uh, that's fair. Yeah, it seems because I think what its its actual purpose is is just to take your money and turn it into something that you might actually be able to use. Yeah. Uh, so there's like in each cell block, there's like somebody who will sell a weapon right. for your class. And a stat upgrade for that class. And I, there, I don't know, there might be some other shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, I went in and got, like, the perk. And I got all the perks. And, like I said, I spent all my money on crackers. Because yeah. <laughs> I did go in and just buy all the gift certificates and then trade them for all the stuff. Right. Because uh, I was curious and wanted to know what was going on with it. And then I ran out of money. Oopsie-daisy. <laughs> um, and so... I agree, though. It feels very out of place. It feels weird that it is just there in the the world that had been set up. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird because that is the one area that I think actually evokes fear. Not, like, primal shit-in-your-pants <laughs> yeah. fear, but it's eerie. It is, it's, it's like an abandoned place. Yeah, that yeah. seems important, right? And so it actually did hit that note, and then the prison is not like that at all. It has a janitor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it really is just like this one thing that stands out. I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. The phones were kind of creepy, too. They did a good job with the last area, I think. Mm-hmm. It makes me kind of resent the prison a little bit more now. <laughs> now, that, now that you've brought it up. Yeah. I kind of overlooked it before, but damn... <laughs> Uh, so uh, one thing we haven't talked about is um, relating to that structure. Uh, you are working for—is it your grandfather, your uncle, your uncle's uh, little business or whatever antique store? Antique store where you have to go and find these cursed relics. Yeah, it's like your main quest, and then you take them back to this machine where you can decurse them uh-huh. or uncurse them. Um, and I, I was just wondering what you thought about those sequences. I'm glad you brought this up because I really did somehow... Forget about it? Yeah, like, just when we sat at the table. It's interesting because this is like, uh, I love them. 
They were like one of my favorite parts of the whole game. They're the most complicated puzzles uh, for the most part, with a few exceptions. I never did figure out the maze maze. Mm. There's got to be some secret to getting <laughs> that cat. I just couldn't do it. Uh, uh, I, I got the cat. You got you got to <laughs> buy a saucer of milk from the milkman um, and then take it back to the little girl whose cat it is, and then she'll put it out, and the cat will come cat to her. Going, all, right, all right, I'll log back on and do that. Then there we was, can finish the podcast there was some after. Guy you were supposed to give the barrel of milk to, yeah. which I had completely forgotten about, and I bought it and just never <laughs> gave it to him. Well, you had a lot of money. Yeah, I I, I don't think I after a certain point I don't think I ever had like less than five thousand. Okay, and I would just yeah. buy whatever I came across. I thought I had functionally infinite money when yeah. I hit like twenty five hundred. That's the highest I ever. Oh got. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did spend it at like every opportunity. Yeah. So one thing that this game has to kind of mitigate being low on meat, like in West of Loathing, is there are like in pretty much every area. There's like one place where you can just fight infinite enemies. Yeah. So we, we didn't mention that. But. True. And, and yeah, it's like, it's there for that purpose. I guess technically you could grind experience. Yeah. Uh, but. Which yeah. I would always, I would always come across that and be like, is this an infinite wave of waves of enemies? And then we'll just fight them for like too long before leaving. Yeah. <laughs> be like, is I, there an end to this? I always wanted that. Cause there, the, there's a, at least one that actually does end after like three or four. I think it was like the fairies or something. You oh, can do yeah. it like four times and then it ends, but you can come oh. back the next day and do it again. I kept thinking that the mushroom cave. Oh yeah. Like it's just like the, the entrance to the cave is just covered in mushrooms. I kept thinking like, I've got to be able to like kill all the mushrooms and go in the cave. Right. <laughs> nope. There's a, a, fl- a tent with flies in it. Mm-hmm. And if you, every time that you win a combat encounter, it says that the number of flies decreased by, and then a number. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that just a randomly generated number or <laughs> yeah. is there actually an end point to this? I never pushed them so far that I can confidently say one way or the other. Yeah. Anyway, I love those, uh, decursing <laughs> scenes. Yeah. <laughs> The first one, uh, with the woodsmen and the trees that are like, uh, sprecking not of this, yeah, is amazing. <laughs> it is terrifying the first time that you go in. It's probably the first part of the game, maybe the only part of the game, where I was like, ooh, this is like real horror. <laughs> like, the creepy tree things, and talking about blood in a dialect I can't fully understand. Uh, and there's just like a pool of blood with a dead tree in it, probably sap actually, because mm-hmm. he's a tree. Uh, it was, I loved it. I was like, <laughs> this is outstanding. I was killer. And then I got deeper into the game and they more became jokes. Yeah. Uh, but the challenge of each of them kept ramping up more and more. And it ends with that scarecrow segment that I think is fucking b- genius, mm-hmm. except <laughs> it takes a little bit too long. Uh, so yeah, I thought the, those were great. I am uh, I am ashamed of myself that I did not mention them earlier. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I thought the first one was scary, but I oh, did. I'm a big man. Yeah, uh. I am a big bigger man than you. Uh, it is documented. Um, but I did think like you go in and you think it's going to be that like philosophical problem where he's like, I never lie, and oh right, blah blah blah. We all know it. Um, but then it like doesn't actually do it. It's like obvious who the 
the culprit is. Mm-hmm. So like it, it going in, it being mysterious, and then like feeling the pressure of like, oh fuck, I'm gonna have to work through this problem because I never remember the answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that made me like stressed. So like I did think that was like an effective like tonal shift. Not creeped out at all by the big trees. I don't. Not really. I was more just like I just thought they were cool, like like the whole like woodsman thing, and then like they're like tree ants. Like it felt more like fantastical to me than scary. Yeah, like a, fantastically like a, scary, <laughs> like a fable or something. Fair. Uh, but yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> but like no, they were um they were very like surreal and cool. I agree. Mm-hmm. And the the scarecrow one at the end, I feel like the places you spawn in after you're killed shouldn't be random. Oh, I agree so much. Yeah, (laughs) that's my one gripe with that. Yeah, it would take much less time if you just if they just went in sequence. Yeah, it go it go. I feel like it goes on a little too long and starts to lose some of its effectiveness. Yeah, especially like the because you if it's weird because like the the thing that is a that is supposed to be scary about that section. Is that after an indeterminate period of time, you just die, mm-hmm. and then you spawn somewhere else, and so you have to try that, and keep everything in mind, yeah, and like have that anticipation. But it gives you the option to skip ahead to taunt the scarecrow and move forward, and then it it goes from being creepy or potentially creepy into tedious into just being tedious like almost like instantaneously. I need to get back to the fucking train yeah I'm <laughs> doing what am I doing paperwork here trying to get the whatever the lawnmower built it's yeah. weird uh, but I do like it I still like the section I just think it is uh, weird yeah uh, the train one I also will say was a little unintuitive that you had to uh, piss the guy off in order to actually complete it. Yeah. Because, like, I put the effort in and whatever and figured out the the car dunce theory yeah. that is the correct one. Uh, and then I didn't succeed. I, like, left and came back and I tried to look for clues, which worked before with the Latin books. Yeah. And then when I came back in, I was like, I didn't find anything else. And so eventually I just had to, like, look it up. I was like, why is this not right? And they were like, just say the wrong thing a few times. Yeah, say the most ridiculous thing. I had to look it up, too. Okay. <laughs> I was like, because that doesn't make any sense to me. It gives you no indication that that's the solution yeah. to it. Uh, so it was a little bit upsetting. I, did you do the dollhouse puzzle? Dollhouse puzzle. <laughs> Pro- I don't think so. It was other than the the train puzzle. Oh, yeah, I thought one, it was the hardest one in the game. The, the one with the guy who was locked in the vault. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to like basically figure out that he's like a sequence the sequence is like the order that he does things in the day and i felt very smart and like a cool dude for (laughs) figuring it out and then i really got brought to my knees by the fucking train puzzle and it made me really not like it very much uh but all the other ones i thought were really good uh barring the couple of complaints that i've mentioned i think that those segments are really well done Mm mm-hmm well done. I thought it was one of my favorite jokes in the whole thing that the lawnmower doesn't work and the solution is to take it to the coach, coach. for him to motivate the lawnmower to work. Yep. Uh, that was very funny. It was extremely good, yeah. 
And also, it took me there. Maybe it does this every time. Maybe mm-hmm. you can vouch for me. I, it took me straight there. Same. After, yeah. And when it clicked for me that that's what it was doing, I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up using that lawnmower just for narrative reasons as <laughs> yeah. my weapon at the end of the game. Nice. I turned it into a gun that did fire, poison, and bleed. <laughs> And I was like, this nice. is this no longer resembles what it's supposed to be, but whatever. <laughs> um unless you have any like other notes, do you want to talk about the ending of the game? Uh just real quick, I wanted to mention that all the shoes make you do different weird things. Oh yeah, it's a classic shoes. <laughs> it's a classic shoes. It's a classic shoe. No, I was thinking <laughs> In West of Loathing, they had the ridiculous walk mode. Yeah. Which is like an option that you could toggle on. Also, shout out Nagat if I can drone on about it. The options in this game have funny things in them as well. Uh, But it was an option you could turn on. And I liked the shoes solution because I could pick the one that didn't make noise. Yeah. So I did a lot of vampire floating. Vampire boots. Yep. Those are the ones I used to. I had the ones that just made, like, chimes when you walked. Mm. Like, it came off like a goblin uh, for a while, which I thought was pleasant enough. But then when I got the the vampire boots, I was like, here it is. Yep. That's this is the, the best one. one. Yep. I, I liked that one. The ones that I used the most, that one, there was a drum roll skates. I just liked the walk oh, yeah. of it. And uh, the extra wide gate. Where you just your legs are way mm. you look like the protagonist from Blasphemous with his nice Rise, wide yeah. stance. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about the ending of the game. Yes, big spoilers here, guys. If you've listened <laughs> for an hour and a half, yes. sound the spoiler klaxon. <laughs> Sounding the spoiler klaxon now. We woo. Uh, so when you get to the end of the game, uh, there's like these series of dream sequences that sort of tell the story around your antagonists who are very ill-defined for most of it which is good for the style of game that this is uh when you finally get through the government valley Mm -hmm. there's a boss fight with poindexter and then the introduction and boss fight sort of with the president, the shadow president, mm-hmm. uh, who is the ultimate <laughs> in the black house. In the black house, <laughs> uh, and this one was interesting. First of all, the Poindexter fight. Did you successfully beat his first phase without combat? Yes. Okay, I also did, and the writing of it was immaculate. I thought it, it was, was good, real funny, action packed. Kept me reading. Uh, and then the and then did you fight a second phase? Yeah, same. <laughs> we did everything exactly the same in this yeah. game. Yeah, uh, and yeah, he died. He never attacked me. He died before he got a chance. That's just how this worked mm-hmm. uh, at that point in the game. And then uh, when you get to the second part, it gives you a very obvious like this is the end of the game, point of no return thing. And then you jump in. And so I don't actually know what happens if you complete the optional stuff. Because there's like a 
uh, gateway that indicates mm. to you that you can't use it because you didn't complete everything. And I said, well, I'm not worried about that. And then the game gives you the option to just surrender and end the game that way or fight the final boss, which I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that roughly your experience? Yeah, I had to fight the final boss a couple times. Uh, um, I, I, I couldn't successfully kill everything first turn as well as you. <laughs> I had I did have to do two turns on the final boss. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think the thing that the shadow president is working on is like related to your partner quest. Mm. If like, if you have it, like that's when you turn around and talk to them and they can interact with it. I think don't quote me on that. Uh, that's just, I think what happens. Um, cause there, I did look through the achievements cause I only got one <laughs> and, uh, like there's like an achievement for each character, uh, ending. Like apparently each one of them has like a thing they can do at the final boss. Okay. It was like Molly saved the universe. I didn't get it. Okay. Uh, I didn't get that achievement because I just fought the final boss. Um, <laughs> so I think that's what happens with that. Right. As far as I know. But yeah, um, so I, I lost to the final boss and you get the bad ending if you do that. Um, and then, you know, then I eventually beat it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's interesting that you said that about the achievements. This is mm-hmm. also non-content bad talk. Yes. But I was concerned, because I was playing this on Steam Deck, and I never got an achievement when I had it plugged into the TV. Mm. And then I played it in handheld mode, and I did get an achievement, the one for completing the monster house Yeah, yeah, I, I missed one of those quests. <sighs> like, I, I just didn't turn it in, I think. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I was like, is there like a weird bug where if you have this plugged into a television, it won't give you achievements? Because mm. I had that problem with another game. Uh, I think it's just one of those games. Like I looked at West of Loathing, and I think I only had three. Oh, okay. So like, I think it's just one of those games. It's like the achievements are actually achievements, like things that most people won't do. <sighs> That's probably like a hard stance that they take. They're like, we're not putting in any achievements that aren't achievements to get yeah uh which i guess respect or if i'm 16 i hate you <laughs> i gotta get my gamer score yeah. up so, yeah i i thought about booting it up and doing the the molly thing but then i just didn't just haven't done um, it yeah uh, but the one that i did get was like pulling off the perfect heist oh yeah i got that one as yeah well. uh but yeah so that was uh the the ending of this game i think is the thing that most sort of embodies like the idea of the cosmic horror mm-hmm. because it is there I mean they make the throw whenever you do a visual medium Lovecraft thing, you have to put in the line it's just what my brain is making me see. Yeah. So that I can comprehend the unfathomableness of the thing in front of me. Uh but fighting uh to glowy transparent eyes and a big mouth mm-hmm. was pretty cool i gotta oh, say yeah. i, I, I you was were gonna say the opposite oh no <laughs> like, I, I thought that was lame <laughs> well uh, that's the whole I, first part because sure. it is lame that they had to do something well, what i expected <laughs> them to do is the like the there are enemies that are like the just black with like the star texture. Yeah, I thought they were gonna have some kind of like amorphous blob with that texture that you fought. Right, it's like an eldritch monster thing. I feel like they did that too much already. Yeah, I guess. But like that, that just like that felt like the cosmic. 
I can't comprehend what these really are yeah. enemies. So uh, yeah, and I mean that is sort of what the the purpose, and that's what Poindexter did well. Is he yeah, showed he up in hat. several situations? <laughs> yeah, they yeah. had the texture on it. They had that texture, and they'd use that as like. I don't know. I don't know what they were actually implying, which may have been intentional. Yeah. But they're like just shadow beings that didn't really have a clear origin. The beings out of space. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Not to be confused with the beans out of space, which (laughs) are also in this game. Uh, Yeah. I like that he like showed up in your dreams and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah, all that was well executed cosmic stuff. And then he turns into, like, a big dragon. <laughs> Man, he sure does. <laughs> Did you visit the H-hole? Oh, yeah. I You were there when I named my character. I named my character Hopip Torres. Oh, right. After, I didn't remember that. But... After a Pokemon and a name that the game gave me as an auto-generated mm. thing. And the H hole. Oh, you can throw yourself. You in? can throw yourself into it, and for the rest of the game, I started every combat on fire. Nice, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and it changes your name. I was Lopip Torres at the end. <laughs> nice. Uh, I had to mention that because it is a good joke. That is funny. Do we have funny thoughts? Uh, my funny thoughts are, um, yeah, I, I mean, this game was good. Uh, if you've played West of Loathing, like, you kind of know what to expect. Um, I will say, like, it does just kind of feel like West of Loathing with a different coat of paint on it, though. Um, which is fine, you know, like, if we weren't doing it for the podcast, I wouldn't have even thought to care about that, you know, like, it just, if looking at it with a critical eye, that stands out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I kind of like the structure a little bit less. Like, I, I think that, like, more open, exploring a blank countryside kind of stumbling across things just worked a bit better. Um, but that being said, like, you know, the game is just as funny. The game's just as creative for the most part. And, like, yeah, it's just, it's fun to keep, it's easy to put a lot of time into. Like, you always want to see what's going to happen next. It's always easy to just keep saying like, oh, I'll go to one more place. I'll like go to one more place. I'll do one more side quest. I'll, you know, it's just, it's fun and pleasant to play. And, uh, and exactly in the way that like, you know, that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's a fun, good time. And I enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. Um, Sam, what are we talking about? It's, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Shadows drew my eye by virtue of being the follow-up to West of Loathing, uh, but also <laughs> just by being a Lovecraft thing. I was excited at the at the prospect of this team tackling horror, um, and especially given that horror and comedy are so commonly crossed. It is a, a classic genre fusion, maybe the most classic next to a dramedy. Uh, and it, it, to me, it's, it does feel like you said, like West of Loathing with a new coat of paint. It, it, the settings are different, but the action is not, uh, you are doing the same kind of things in the same kind of way. 
as has been happening in the loathing games since time immemorial. So I ended up, I want to say a little bit disappointed that the game didn't go further uh, with its premise or just with generally anything like just amping things up a little bit more. Uh, But I love the game. Like it's still a game. Any game that is like West of Loathing is going to be a game that I enjoy. Uh, and that this is that it's, it is like West of Loathing too. Uh, it takes place further in the future, uh, which is always appealing to me. The further out of the past we get, the more I'm going to be into it. Uh, so there's a lot here. Uh, and if you haven't played any of these games, literally any of pick any of them and you'll have a good time with it. Mm -hmm. And if you have a really good time, wait a couple of years and play one of the other ones because uh, there's always going to be a time when this is going to hit the spot. And this is a, it, we I think we waited the appropriate time. Uh, thank you for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time we're going to be talking about God of War Ragnarok. I paused because I forgot the word and then it made it sound like I did a dramatic (laughs) reading of it, which was not intentional. I feel like you forgot the most memorable word ever created. I did. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So, you know, come back. You'll see my enthusiasm will match that. Uh, <laughs> next time. Until that time, you can find us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find our email address, our Twitter accounts, the YouTube channel, and you can listen to any of our previous episodes, including ones on West of Loathing or on other RPGs. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I feel like we've played other like funny games. That like I feel like we've had that conversation about like comedy games before. That's true. And I can't think of what they were in reference to. We did talk about a funny game called I got nothing. Get out <laughs> Hypno Space Outlaw. Oh, that's a comedy game. Yeah. Dujana. Hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Uh yeah. Wow. Big energy to end this this one off with, huh? I threw I threw a curveball. <laughs> I'm sorry. I derailed everything. Uh, yeah, derail. I derailed the Orient Express. <laughs> if you're on the Orient Express mm-hmm. and it derails, make sure you try and steer it into the like button. <laughs> make sure that you tell the detective all the wrong information so he gets mad and. <laughs> <laughs> Kicks you off the train where you will land on the like button. There it is. And scene. <laughs> A happy 100 uh, subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> this is our 100 subscriber special. Should we do a sound test first? <laughs>